I just had people come to me and when I did a good job with transcription services, they would ask me to do like, what else could I do? And I just say, well, what do you need done? And I would figure it out. So that's kind of where I got started. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Before we jump into the podcast, this episode is sponsored by my brand new $7 offer. It's a comprehensive list of digital marketing tools. Why? So you can look smart, so you can offer the best marketing services, so you can come to the table knowing what the latest and greatest tools are, and you can run your business efficiently. It's going to make you smart, it's going to make you feel confident, and it's all in one place and you can reference it anytime. We have the tools divided by my recommended tech stack for virtual assistants. We have business tools, AI tools, marketing tools, email, websites, SEO, social media, audio and video, and graphic design. If you've ever looked at how someone else is doing it and wondered how they did it, I have that tool. I have that tool. I've been collecting them for years. They're all in one spot. Go grab it now in the show notes. Back to the podcast. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Emily Reagan, a fellow freelancer, a digital marketing strategist, funnel builder, implementer, assistant. For years, I've been behind the scenes doing the work. I transferred my public relations and journalism skills to the online space after I had my son. My husband was military and we were PCSing. I just sucked starting over with a new career, trying to get my name known. And so freelancing just opened up so many doors for me. And I love sharing this work and this possibility with my friends, especially stay-at-home moms who are ready to get back to work during the school hours. And my really smart, over-educated, underemployed military spouses like myself, who also struggle to keep a job and to bust through their salary caps and continue their careers as they PCS. A lot of people can be a VA. It's such an interesting world. You don't need a degree. You don't need a certification. There are so many different roles behind somebody's business where you can help. And my guest today is Sandra Booker, one of the OG VAs. And you may have heard her name. Tarzan Kay was on our episode in the copywriting series, works with her. Laura Belgray, also in the same series, works with her. Shanti Zach, the quiz funnel queen who was on the show earlier as well, have all worked with Sandra. Sandra is a quintessential story of the VA who is so much more. I want you to hear this because the title VA would never would have appealed to me. I just, I never want to be somebody's assistant. I think of Devil Wears Prada, right? And the truth of the matter is when you are working as a contractor, they're hiring you for results and for your skills. They want you to show up as a professional. They want you to take the lead and make decisions. And that's what Sandra did. Sandra has become so much more than a VA. She is now a business manager. So everything she's worked for behind the scenes has positioned her to coach her clients, to coach her own clients to be successful, to figure out how to grow, to monetize, and help them really move out of this startup and growth stage of their business into the scaling stage. So the cool thing is Sandra doesn't have a degree. Sandra was new to this when she started. 
Sandra figured it out, and she's going to share her best tips for what she's learned along the way. And it's so in line with what I teach about being the indispensable unicorn by going above and beyond, letting your soft skills truly shine and be the difference maker. And I'm so excited to have this episode with her. She's going to share the little change that had the biggest close rate on all of her proposals and discovery calls. And it's something, it's tactical. You can bring it with you to your next discovery call. And it's the magic word that gets immediate buy-in from your potential clients. Use this and you will be cemented and ingrained as the teammate. And here's the thing, you're already in the power position. Even if you do project rate, even if you are doing retainer rates, clients, online business owners don't just want to keep going to Upwork and hiring rando contractors who turn and burn and leave their business. They want a dedicated teammate in some fashion who has their brain on their business and can come in and be reliable, who can come in and take the reins and alleviate this burden of tasks and projects and things to manage. So this episode is really going to empower you to think beyond VA. It's going to show you a world of possibilities because I struggle how to say it. I say digital marketing assistant to get your foot in the door, but there's so many little forks and branches and things that change, opportunities that come your way if you're willing to say yes and take that next step without having a clear path of where you're going. You know, it's faith. It's faith in yourself. It's faith in your brain. It's faith in your ability to figure things out and get things done. And I know you have that. I know you have that in you because you're smart. You're listening to this podcast. You've already showed me what I need to know. All right, let's jump into the podcast with Sandra Booker. But before we get started, our Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School is enrolling in October. I encourage you to join that wait list so you are the first to be notified. The truth is we have almost 700 people on that wait list. We only have room for 100 in this next live session. And if you're on the wait list, you'll get a early offer and some special perks and special training. So go to udmaschool.com and be on the lookout because we're going to be reviving our info session, how to be a VA. If you're brand new to this and you need some answers to figure out how to get started, that's coming up really soon. So just make sure you're on my email list so you don't miss out anything. And you're following me over on Instagram at Emily Reagan PR. Oh, and one more thing, I'm trying really hard to get to 100 reviews on my podcast. I could really use your help. So if you're listening to this, would you go ahead and like hit five stars, maybe write a little aha moment and share this podcast. It will help me so much within the podcasting platforms and help me book even more incredible guests. All right, let's jump into the episode with the Sandra Booker. Hey, Sandra, welcome to the show. I am so thrilled to have you here. I just think you're one of the OG VAs, and I've seen you do such incredible things with your business. You'll be such an inspiration. Tell everyone hello, where you're from, what your life is like right now. Hey, I'm so happy to be here and thanks so much for having me. So I'm Sandra Booker and I am a business manager and growth strategist. I'm currently living in Canada, just outside Niagara Falls with my husband, daughter, two brand new puppies who are huge and two cats. And my life is full of responsibility, but also a lot of walking time and time spent on the beach and time having good meals with good people is usually what I like to spend my time doing. So that's a little bit about me. 
I did not know you had puppies, so let's just stop the conversation there. What do you have? Because I also have a puppy that is giant. Oh my gosh. So yeah, we just got two puppies. Their names are Oak and Willow, and their dad was a purebred Spanish Mastiff, and their mom is a Italian-Turkish sheepdog mix. So both big dogs, the sheepdog is a bit smaller, but yeah, their paws are like the size of my palm. Like, and they're three and a half months old. Okay. Yeah. So I just have, I have a four month old sheep-a-doodle. I I know her mom, our friend had babies unexpectedly. And so we grabbed one, but sometimes I am just grateful for this flexible business I've created because this morning I was at swim team walking the puppy and she requires a lot of work and a lot of stopping. So it sounds like you have a business that is not running you. Which I'm so excited to hear about because I feel like a lot of the service providers listening, they start and then they just like say yes to all the clients and very quickly start over scheduling, over promising and there. burnout. And so <laughs> yeah. I, we're going to have such good advice. Well, first, tell us what, what does your business look like right now? How is it structured? And then I want to go back and start with how you started. Yeah, sounds good. So the way it's structured right now, I am in the middle of rebranding. I'll have rebranded by the end of the year. So switching out my old name, which is very kind of VA oriented into my new name, which is way more business management oriented. The team is just me. I have one employee who helps out doing some of the implementation pieces that I no longer do. And I have my husband who works in my business. He helps with video editing and some copywriting and things like that. So very small team. We chat every single day. And we work together every single day, but it's all remote. I work with a couple of, like, I have a few different levels of clients. So I have some legacy clients where those are the people that, you know, my employee kind of helps out mostly. And I just do the strategy piece with them. And then I have clients who I do some like full on business management where I'm managing their team helping them strategize their launches and their growth strategy and looking at their budget and help, you know, encouraging them to have difficult conversations with their accountant (laughs) or their lawyer or wherever. And then also I have clients who I just consult with on a regular basis. So they get, you know, we have a set number of meetings throughout, you know, six month period. And we just focus on uh, whatever they need in their business at the moment. Okay. So is your primary work, is it retainer or is it more of those strategy sessions? Like what's, what's the split on that? Everything's kind of package-based more. And it's kind of like right now, 50-50 where I have retainer clients and consultation clients. So Okay, cool, cool. So tell us how you started because I know you didn't start as a business manager. I'm always so impressed. I tell people in my network all the time that being a VA is the gateway to more and you have such a good story, but where did, how did it all start for you? Walk us through your origin story, Sandra. Yeah, it was a fun journey, honestly. I started officially, I guess, in 2014. My then 14-year-old daughter came home from school. Actually, I think they were 13 at the time. Came home from school and asked to go on a school trip to Iceland. And my daughter's very, has lots of social anxiety and like, very introverted and going out of the house, let alone out of the country was not something that I was expecting. (laughs) So, and at the time we were living paycheck to paycheck, like most people, right. And I didn't have anything in savings. So I had to kind of make some money 
And a friend of mine told me about Fiverr and I had already had the idea of VA. Like I thought of being a virtual assistant way back in high school before I even had a computer, before internet was like in everybody's home. I had thought about being a VA and I just couldn't figure out the logistics of like, how do I do this without having to go into somebody's office? So that idea kind of came back to me and uh, somebody told me about Fiverr. So I put up a gig on Fiverr lucked out with where I put it because I put it in the wrong spot, but it ended up being really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you have to tell me, tell me the specific on that. That's funny. Oh, so I was thinking I'm going to be a virtual assistant, but I was like, oh, what am I going to start with? I'll just start with transcription. It's really easy to get started with that. So I went into Fiverr and found where it says virtual assistant and I put up a gig for transcription services. I didn't even see that there is a category for transcription services that technically you should be putting yourself under. So it worked out really well for me because I was like, at the time, the only person labeling myself as a virtual assistant who also had a transcription gig. So I, within like nine months, I had way more <laughs> than paid for her Iceland trip. It was basically, I brought in the same amount in the nine months, nine months, might've been 10 months, the same amount that I was making at my job at the time. So I had help. My husband was doing some transcription. So it wasn't just all me doing it, but okay. like, so we split the work, but it was kind of like the two of us having a part-time job. So we had a third full-time income coming into the house, which more than paid for her Iceland trip. She went on to go to Montreal, Ottawa, New York, and then to Italy. <laughs> and then I went, wait, why are you doing all the traveling? I got to travel. So then I you know, my husband and I started traveling. After oh that. my God. Will you adopt me, please? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so funny. I didn't know you started in transcription. And technically, if you walk back to my story, I did something very similar. I was transcribing oh, yeah? B roll and scripts for HGTV. And I just kind of fell into that through Craigslist, which back then was not as shady. And yep. But were you doing it on your own? Because we didn't have the tech. I'm going to date us. Like, I didn't have the tech. I had to listen and type and be accurate. Is that what you had to do? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was doing, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, oh like, God. just before Rev came out, either it just come out or wasn't quite out yet. But, yeah, I was listening to everything. And some of those tools were starting to come out. But even, like, I found that it was just easier just to type it anyway. Like, it was, we experimented down the road. We ended up experimenting with some of the, the tech and went, we just typed fast enough that it was actually way faster for us to just type it out, especially Caleb. He's like, he just goes. <laughs> so funny. So, so what other services yeah. were you doing with that? I don't think I ever ended up putting anything else up on Fiverr. I just had people come to me and when I did a good job with transcription services, they would ask me to do like, what else could I do? And I just said, well, what do you need done? And I would figure it out. So that's kind of where I got started. Cause after a while, a friend of mine said, you know, you could make this into a business. <laughs> and I went, oh yeah, I guess I, I guess I could. So so I did. I was like, I didn't set out to start a business. I was just trying to make some extra cash. And then, yeah. And then it grew from there. And it was funny because like, I didn't get any really long-term clients from Fiverr. Like lots of people were repeat for a long time, but then I only had like two people that really, no, three people that really moved off of Fiverr with me. And then I quickly got to a point where they were just like, they were still 
plain small, I guess. Like they really weren't diving in with me. So kind of moved off and found other clients elsewhere. Oh my God, such good advice. I talk to people in my community all the time. Like you've got to shed those clients as much as like your heart loves them and you support them, but like they are just going to keep you stuck too. Yeah. And if you're not able to help somebody move forward the way they need to be moved forward, then it's best because you're basically letting them go win with somebody else. Like sometimes it just takes the right person in somebody's business to get them to see, oh, I should be doing this. And it doesn't matter. It's not a matter of like your qualifications or how good you are or how smart you are. It's just sometimes it's just they need to hear it a couple of different times from a couple of different people. And then it's like, then it clicks in their brains. Oh, yeah. That's a good way to like let it go and not take it personal. You tell me what you did before in your full-time job. Did you say that? Yeah, I don't think I did. So yeah, I've done a few things, mainly call center work, but the job before the business started was I was working as an office manager and bookkeeper at a small accounting firm locally here. So Okay. And did you go to college? Did you have a degree in that in like business management or anything? No? Okay. No, I never went to college or university or anything, just high school. But I've been helping like I had uh, an uncle who was who had his own business cleaning movie theaters and you know he'd be like, "Oh, I don't know how like there's these theaters in Niagara Falls I really want to expand to." And I'd be like, "So call them and have a chat. Like why don't you reach out to them and you know, just encouraging him." And then my dad had his own business, my mom had her own business like on and off here and there and I would be always the one that they would turn to to like do anything, you know, like I need this typed up, I need this done, I need a spreadsheet. How do I do this? And I was always in there. And then every job I've ever had was always very similar. I was always the person, like, even when I was in a call center, it's like started on outbound, immediately went into inbound, immediately went into like, helped out at reception, helped out in HR, helped out, like, did floor support, supervisor, all of that. Like, I was just constantly moved into wherever they needed support because I was able to learn it pretty quick. So I love that. And I hope everyone listening hears that you do not need a marketing degree. You do not need a four-year degree. You don't need any kind of degree. You don't even need a certification to be successful. You're the one people can count on and you follow through and get stuff done along with some other nice soft skills and character traits we can talk about. But you you can be successful. And I just never want to hear that holding people back because you're describing the person that I always say like other duties as a sign or like, you know how the person at work who's good gets more, but if you use that to your advantage and level up and that's what you did, that's what I did. I have a very similar story with a big mm-hmm. client coming back to me. What else can you do? And, you know, like Marie Forleo says, everything's figure outable. I'm like, I can trust my brain. I get, I can figure it out. And this day and age, it's even easier than it was like decades yeah. ago. Yeah, exactly. And everything is relevant. Like a lot of people, the big thing that I hear from people who want to start as a VA or trying to get started as a VA is they think, well, I don't know how to do, like, I've never done this software. So like, I can't really help people out with that software. I'm like, all right, but you've done this software and it's similar, or you could just go learn it. Or they're saying, well, like even copywriters, I've never done any copywriting before. Well, you've done copywriting for yourself on your website. You've done copywriting for, you know, you send emails or you can just pretend like put yourself in the shoes of a client. If you don't have any clients, just make something up and write a sales page. There you go. That's still valid copy, even though it's not it's not vetted in regards to like it didn't have a sales go to it, but it's still valid copy. So you can still show it like this is my skill level. Doing it for yourself is just as valid as doing it for somebody else. 
Yeah. And that holds people back so much. I'm like, yes, get a conceptual <laughs> client, volunteer, tap into your past experiences 100% and do it for yourself. Do 100%. it for yourself. Yeah. But yeah. Learn it for yourself. I, I've come across this too. I know it's hard if you've never done email, you know, email tech and email marketing programs or email service providers. But even me at this level, I've, I've worked with a ton of them, but there's still a few I haven't. And I'll just say to the client, I haven't done this. I've done something yep. similar. Like, good luck finding that $300 an hour specialist. Like, would you like my help? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, when I started, like, when I started as a VA, I had never touched MailChimp or ConvertKit or Infusionsoft or anything. I didn't know anything about email marketing or launching or any of that stuff. Like, I had no skills in any of that. And it was just, I just saw what people needed and I decided to go out and learn it. And then if a client would ask me, hey, I need help here, I just let them know. I've never done it before. Happy to try it out. If you want to do a test, we can see how it goes. And I don't think I ever had somebody say no. You know, you get into problems when you say, when you just tell people, oh yeah, I can do it. And then you can't really. It's way better if you're just honest with them and you can rely on similar experience like you know no i've never used convertkit but i've taught myself all of these other programs and you know i've already looked into some convertkit stuff i'm sure i can figure it out but do you want to give it a, a shot and i can we can test it and give them a test rate or whatever you want to do but yeah just be honest i always say lean into the resources that you have the community <laughs> the trainings like that will just give them that confidence in you but the, what they don't mm -hmm. want is a surprise bill and you charge them 20 hours because you were learning and if you can yeah. keep that in mind, you can keep it all in check. But if it's a it's a repeatable skill, you could use it yep. in other clients. Like it makes you like get to this level where you and I are now, where we're like telling people what to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the thing too, like the whole, you know, getting paid to learn. So if a client came to me and said, I want to do, do this. And I was like, okay, none of my clients are going to want to do that. I'd say, I don't know, you know, if I didn't know about it, I'd be like, I don't know anything about that happy to learn it but i will charge like if you want me to do it i expect it's going to take x number of hours for me to learn it and then so like that would be on your bill so if i knew it was like really only one client wants it and they wanted me to do it they would get billed for that training but they i would tell them in advance and give them the option yeah. anybody else if it was like you know when i wanted to when i had to learn convert kit i was like well likely i'm going to need this for many other clients so I just learned it on my own, did not charge anybody for it. And because it's it's an investment in me and my business. So it's a time investment. So yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so smart. The whole reason I started Instagram was my client, Jennifer Allwood, needed help with Instagram. And I'm like, dang it, I gotta go learn another thing. I knew. <laughs> so I started my own account and I'm not, I think it was like 2016 or 17, a personal account. And I was like, I guess I'll play with it. But I, yeah. I, I did have a little bit of resistance just because it was another thing. But I also knew it was going to pay off. Like, it's going to pay off. But I could practice by myself on my own first and not yeah. screw up her account where hundreds of thousands of people are watching. <laughs> so Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Eventually, she got to the point, too, where you need the specialist. Like, I'll help you get started. And we'll, like, stopgap this a little bit. I love that. I love learning. So, like, I don't mind if it's going to be in the toolbox like we talked about. And then eventually, I'm like release like move yep. on someone else can go further this isn't like the only thing i want to do okay yep. i knew like talking with you we are going to be so aligned and have 
similar messages here. Okay, I want to go back. I'm just curious, what was one of the first services that you added in after transcribing? I think, oh my gosh, it's hard to remember now, but I think it was, well, for those people that were on like Fiverr and stuff, I think probably loading emails. I did a bunch of loading emails into Aweber for a client who came to me from from Fiverr. And I did some like website updates, like not design or anything, but just like, you know, I need this updated on my site. Can you do it? Then loading blogs, things like that. So I think that was probably the next step. So when did you realize and walk me through that journey of you becoming this business strategist and business management resource that just Mm. natural to you? Yeah, well, it was it was funny because like, I have a lot of self doubt, I have a lot of like, you know, and I struggle because because I can do so much, I was just like, I have to do it all right. Like I felt like for a long time that it would be mean of me to say no to doing some like doing implementation. But it, it actually took like, thank God I had the right clients in my corner, because it actually was mostly my clients who said like, you are way more than a general admin VA. Like you're helping me do this, this, and this. And that's when I really started thinking, yeah, I, I could actually be a business manager. Like I've managed businesses before. Like I've, you know, I've managed multi-million dollar projects in business before. I've managed the last business I was in, I managed the, the accounting firm. I managed their business. I was their office manager, but I was the one telling them, but before me, they didn't have any project management tool before meeting they didn't have any social media before me they didn't have an email list they had nothing and i started telling them like you should be doing this you should be doing this helping them with advertising so it really was a combination of like hearing it reflected to me from my clients that i had this skill and then me going yeah i do have this skill because i've done it before and yeah so i think for me probably the first person that said it was Tarzan K. She was just like, she's one of the best humans on earth, I swear. <laughs> I love Tarzan a lot. But she was very, very supportive of me and very, you know, one of my biggest cheerleaders for moving into business management. And she's also been like my longest running client. I've been working with her since 2016. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I started with her when I was, you know, a general admin VA. And I've been with her throughout my you know, my journey of like, okay, so I'm a general admin VA. Well, maybe I'll move into tech VA. Maybe I'll move into launch VA. Kind of experience, you know, done both those things and realized I just don't want to do any of that. I really want to be doing the strategy piece because that's where, that's where I feel like I shine. Like I'm, I love being the problem solver. I love kind of stepping in and helping them figure out the business piece because that's all of the businesses that I work with that's the piece they don't have, you know, they can all figure out loading emails and loading blogs if they wanted to. But the business management, they've never, they're not like entrepreneurs who go into a business with the idea of selling it or building it to do XYZ or, you know, bring in partners. They're just doing it because they wanted some time, some freedom, some control over their life and money, or they really just loved doing this thing. And they just wanted to do it, you know, on their own terms. So yeah, the business piece is not something that comes naturally. Okay, I have a couple things. First, a shout out to Tarzan. I did her program a while ago. I've been in some of her groups. She was the one who pitched you for my show, and I knew you. I knew of you, and everyone's working with Sandra Booker. I'm like, because you know, I know Shanti. Like, we know all the same yeah. people, but I didn't know you. And I was like, oh, like 
Eventually I'll have her. But she was so sweet. She's like, you have to have her on your show. I was like, done. <laughs> I mean, I was already looking for that excuse or that wiggle room to get in there, right? And I just yeah. love that she was looking out for you. I think me, after working with over 100 different clients, like, those are the keepers, right? The ones who yeah. just really see your value and want you to be successful. I've worked with the clients who get pissy when you go to a conference to develop yes. yourself because they're jealous or they think they're, you're going to leave them and they start projecting that on you. I've been through that and I know who's the keeper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Any client where I've said, okay, just so you know, I'm taking, you know, next week off. Well, it's never I always give them like three yeah. months notice, but you know, I'm taking a week off in August or whatever. And they're like, oh, okay. So then does my bill go down? I'm like, no, no, your bill doesn't go down because <laughs> I'm still going to be doing all the work. I'm just not going to be doing it during that week, Yeah, but you're going to have like, everything's going to get done beforehand or afterwards. Yeah. Same amount of work's being done. And I get to take a vacation just like you get to take a vacation. So yeah. no, you're still paying me for the full price for the thing. Flag. Anybody? Flag. Yeah. <laughs> Big red flag. Like, all right. But Tarzan is like 1000% the opposite. Tarzan's like, you know, if I answer an email after hours, she's like, what are you doing? What? <laughs> Don't do that. I'm like, yeah, I just, I took the morning off. So I just, I'm working in the evening. I just switched my hours for today. Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> you know, so. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. She doesn't want you working harder on her business and she is. So like, really, that's the dream. So how did you find her? I don't know if I know this story. How did you guys find each other? We actually, I lucked out big time. She lives locally and mm -hmm. we happen to be in the same co-working space. So there was a local cooperatively owned co-work office where we both were owners, co-op owners. And I remember the first time I ever saw her, actually, we were at our annual meeting for the co-op and she had come in with her husband at the time and their new baby, who was her firstborn guy. And so they had come in and I just, I just looked at her and went, oh my gosh, she looks like the coolest human being I've ever seen in my life. There's like, she was just like very animated and chatting with people. And I was just like, I would love to meet her, but I'm way too introverted. So I didn't go up to her or anything. Oh. I did go up to the baby when the baby was like passed around to other people. I'm like, oh, look at the baby. But <laughs> I couldn't go up to Tarzan. Luckily, a few months later, she posted in the group that she needed some help with something. So I responded and I helped her out with that thing. And it was, it was literally like my first invoice to her was for 22 56 or something like that 22 bucks shut and up, I, shut up yeah <laughs> and i didn't charge her the rush fee or anything because she was using mailchimp and she was using this thing called mail munch and this there was something she said it wasn't working but when i went in there everything was actually working so i don't know if it was just a glitch you know if it was down for a second so i'm like all right well here's your bill i didn't charge you the rush fee because like i didn't do anything and then a few months later she was looking for like a bit more work in her business. Uh, so that was like April 2016. And then it's September 2016 is when we really started working together on a regular basis. And then our businesses grew up together. So she was like charging 50 bucks an hour as a copywriter or something like that when I first started working with her. Aww. And uh, yeah, I like to say that our businesses grew up together, but hers hit puberty first. So. <laughs> Puberty and I don't know, like yeah. digital nomad life where you're off in Bali getting paid to be on the beach. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. What was your starting rate? What were you charging? If you're exploring your options, if you're doing research, if you're collecting ideas, if you're looking for ways to work digitally, I invite you to attend my free info session, How to Become a Virtual Assistant. Yes, it's back and it's live and it's happening Wednesday, September 20th at 12 p.m. Eastern. I am laying everything on the table with what you need to know about the VA industry so you can figure out the best way to make money from home using your brain. I want you to be able to work in your wheelhouse with all of the freedom and flexibility that you need in your life, and being a VA is one of those options. If you've been wanting to get started, need the building blocks, and want to know how to get your foot in the door, make sure you save a seat. Just click on the registration link below. You can also go to emilyreaganpr.com info. This is a no-pitch, a safe place to learn the ropes of what you'll need to run your own digital service independent contractor business. I'll see you there. Click on the link below. Also, tell your smart friends about this. Oh, I think my starting rate, yeah, it was probably around 25 yeah, about $25 an hour, and then quickly moved up to, I think I hit, I went from 25 to 40 and then I went to 50 yeah, for just general admin work. Okay. And what is your, like, title in her business now? Business manager. Okay. Okay. So yeah. for anyone listening to this who might be new, can you help me define business manager? And I mean, you're talking about this strategy. Like, I think what I'm asking for is a little story, maybe to showcase mm-hmm. like what that is, because, you know, businesses are so different. I think a lot of people start them. They do what other people told them to do. It's such a low barrier to entry. And then they have to just figure it out. Like they took a course, they took a program. So how can we explain what this is? So yeah, so like the business and especially like in the the virtual assistant industry, because virtual assistant really isn't a title, it is an industry with a bunch of titles underneath it. In the virtual assistant industry, people think, you know, business manager, and they think OBM, online business manager, which would be, you know, good to think, except OBM is really like, it's been co-opted into this. It's more like an integrated role. You're trying to do both the day-to-day and the high level. And I'm really big on anytime I'm talking (laughs) to a virtual assistant who calls themselves an OBM, I'm like, in my mind, you should not be calling yourself an OBM because a business manager manages the business. You are not in the day-to-day stuff. You shouldn't be in there answering emails. You shouldn't be in there loading emails or loading blogs. Sure, you might jump in if something like something happens, there's, you know, team members gone and if there's something urgent, you might pop in and help because you can, yeah. but that's like a one-off occurrence. That's not like a day-to-day because uh, a business manager really shouldn't be doing all that stuff because the reason is typically you don't have enough support. You don't have support to have somebody else like helping you with that day-to-day to be able to do both very well. And when you get started with a client, it'll be fine. But as you do help them grow, something's got to give it'll either you'll get stuck doing all of the date well not stuck but either you'll find yourself doing all the day-to-day stuff and not being able to get to this the strategy piece or vice versa for me a business manager is somebody who is not doing the implementation so when i'm in somebody's business i have them on typically i have them on a special meeting cadence where we do annual planning, quarterly planning, monthly planning. We're assessing the business. So we're taking time out to actually 
you know, assess all the different areas of the business. I have a, an assessment that I run people through called the six lens assessment based on the five core functions of a business. And we assess the business and determine where the weakest spot is and create, we like brainstorm projects around the weakest spot to help, you know, shore up that weak side. I'll overview their budget. I'll help them create a budget if they don't have one. I, <laughs> you know, I will. background, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, and if, for anybody who wants to be a business manager, you don't have to have an accounting background, but you have to understand the importance of numbers and tell them you need a budget. Go talk to your bookkeeper or your accountant to create a budget. Like we need a budget to be working from. You don't have to be the one helping them do it, but you, as a business manager, you can be the one to say, hey, do this. I will help with the team, you know, running of the team. If they do have subcontractors or employees, I'm the one that's helping the team like i'm kind of usually the first point of contact so if you're looking at the org chart it's like primary stakeholder business owner and then me and then everybody else so they typically depending on the business but typically they all report to me and then i report to the business manager okay. or to the business owner okay so you are still managing <clears throat> project managers too right yeah it depends on the business yeah. but like most of the people i work with are pretty small team-wise so yeah it's usually i'm the i'm the one that everybody reports to okay. in larger teams we might have like the project manager and the business manager on the same line of the org chart okay. and different people report to them but okay yeah. thank you it is so fascinating because people will use terms and mean one or the other and I hear a lot of OBMs who then do implementation, which is just wrong. And I mean, I've come in as a marketing manager and then very quickly learned the hard way about having the implementers to actually do the work or you get sucked into that role very quickly. So, but people will use different terms yes. and job titles interchangeably. And then we have DOO. It just gets really confusing and full of acronyms. But it sounds like you're, I don't see the OBM doing anything with strategy either, but you like, you're bringing that into like the business growth. I think that's what really makes you stand out to me is that growth angle. Cause a lot of people aren't thinking about the future. They're like putting out the fires and like doing the day to day. Yeah, exactly. To me, like somebody who's managing your business is somebody who's like, yep, they're going to manage your team. They're going to manage like what's happening in the day, but they should still also be reporting back to you. So if they see, and that's why I call myself a business manager and growth strategist, because yeah, not all business managers are doing that high level strategy, Yeah, but you can certainly be helping your client run them through like different business assessments, help them. Like most of my clients are launching all the time. And until I get into their business, none of them are doing any type of launch debrief where they're like at the end of the launch going, what just happened? <laughs> and it's like, we need to be looking at like what just happened so that we can make better decisions going forward. Okay, so Sandra, what has made you so successful? What What is it about you that really elevated quickly from this general VA role? I think like the main thing to me is that helped me stand out was that when I am working with a client, before I even start working with the client, I immediately, like my whole goal, like even when I was a virtual assistant, my whole goal was to take work off their plate. So helping them take work off their plate right from the beginning, which meant if I emailed them to get booked into a call, I never said, here's a link book in because that's me assigning them a task. What I would do is say, hi, you know, we need to meet. I have XXX available, or if you prefer use this link to book in, you know, let me know if any of those days work, or you can use this link, give them the option 
they'll take the one of least resistance for them. So small things like that. But then even on the discovery call, when I was talking to them, I was never trying to sell myself really. Like it was more about, I would get in there, even as a virtual assistant, I'd be asking them, okay, so what are your goals? What are you looking to accomplish? What are you working on in the next, you know, year, two years? What has been your biggest struggle? You know, if everything goes perfectly, if a fairy godmother came and just waved a wand, what does our relationship look like? What do you want to get out of working with me? Asking those higher level questions rather than like right now when I meet with VAs, they're just like, so like, what tasks do you need done? It's like, don't talk about the tasks, like talk about the work, like you can talk about the tasks eventually, but you need to understand their business. So yeah, I really took an interest in their business. And then I would always try and give them like a good takeaway on a discovery call. Like I'd always try and help solve some sort of issue if possible. And then I would always like, when I started working with them, even during the proposal period, I'd kind of talk in a way that made them feel like I was already part of the business. I would say things like, all right, so the way I see us working together is this. And I think that we as a company should do X, Y, and Z. I think, you know, I could help you here, which would let you do this so that we as a company can reach this goal or whatever, and really tie it back to their goals and make them feel like I was already in it. Anytime I talk about the business with a client, I say we. I think we should do this. I think, you yeah. know, I think this might be a good a good thing for us to look into. And it just makes them feel like supported, like they're not alone. Even the decision to hire you is not, they don't have to make it on their own because you're helping them even with that. Yeah, you have, you have your copywriter hat on right now. I can tell, but did you stumble on that or was it something that came natural to you? I think it just came natural to me. Mm -hmm. I did it with everybody. I was just, yeah, I thought like, this is what I would want. If I was yeah. hiring somebody, I want somebody who wants to be in it, you know, so. I see that as such the difference maker. And I see a lot of these who are there to do minimum, like clock in, clock out, collect a paycheck. So how do you yes. stand out from that? It is being a part of the team. And I like love the word teammate, but that's where a lot of these clients, at least in my world, are struggling is they don't want to go to Fiverr, you know, they want the loyal, dedicated teammate who really gets their business. So what you just said, wrapped it all up. And one mm -hmm. little word that demonstrates I'm not a one and done. This is not a one night stand. I'm here for you. And then you bring in that attitude that you and I both had about what else do you need help with? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. What else do you need help with? And that's the other thing that really helped me stand out was that, and I put it in my proposal, like, I'm not somebody who's just going to sit back and wait for you to send me tasks. We're going to talk and I'm going to find out what you're working on. And I'm going to suggest more work coming my way. And that's what I did. Anytime I talked with any of my clients, I would just, they'd say, Oh, I got to do this. And I'm like, No, I can do that. You know, it can get tricky, obviously, if you're billing by the hour or anything like that. But if you're just upfront with them and say, Hey, like, I see that you're doing X, Y, and Z, I think that it would be better if I took that on. So it would free up your time. I expect it to take X number of hours for me to do it. You know, let me know. What do you think? Yeah, because so. you always want to get approval before you do work, right? as part of a verbal contract, but mm -hmm. you're so smart. And it's not an upsell in a yucky way. Like they truly need that help. And what you're describing is just initiative. And I hear so many business owners complaining about that because they're like, well, what else can I give my VA? What else? And I'm like, talk to them. Talk to them. Yes. They want, I mean, they want that. And it sounds like, can you be a little bossy with your clients? Like I get that vibe. Like, you know what they need to do next, right? 
Yeah, yeah, you can totally. I mean, like, you don't have to be bossy about it, but like, definitely, <laughs> if you see something, say something. You know, if you if you see an opportunity for them, say something about it. A few months ago, I was looking over a, a client's bank accounts. And, you know, I wasn't like usually their financial planner and accountant would take care of all that stuff. But I was in there doing some work and I looked at their one bank account and I see they're not getting any interest. Like I'm going back and back and they haven't been getting on any interest and they have over a hundred thousand dollars sitting in that bank account, you know, like, so I immediately sent them a message saying, Hey, notice you have a hundred thousand dollars in here. It's not giving you any interest. I would highly suggest you talk to your financial planner and talk about potentially moving some or all of that money out so that you can actually start getting interest. And when I sent that to them, there was actually two clients that this happened with, but only one reported back to me. When I sent that to them, they contacted their financial planner. They actually had money in other accounts as well for like another corporation. And when they talked to their financial planner, their financial planner is like, yes, we need to move that money out. And you should thank your your business manager because they just made you probably about $15,000. Ah! <laughs> I'm just like, like, I'll take 50% now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, but it's funny because like, you know, not everybody would do that. Some people wouldn't even look for that. Some people wouldn't, you know, even if they saw it, they'd be like, oh, well, they know what they're doing and they would just yeah. leave it. But if you, it's always best to say something if you, if you see yeah. something. What could we call that person who's looking for the opportunities? Do you have a good word for that? Uh, I don't. I've been I've been kind of like thinking about it for a while. But yeah, I don't have a good word for it because oh. like, you know, problem solver is so kind of. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if you think of it, let me know. I need it for my own marketing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'll definitely let you know. And like even like as a virtual. So that was more of an example for business management, mm-hmm. but even as a virtual assistant. So you can really stand out by helping your clients solve problems that they don't know how to solve and just kind of be creative about it. It obviously like not everybody, it's not going to come natural to everybody, but like the more you look for it and think about your client's business, Mm -hmm. the easier it'll come. So with Tarzan, for instance, she kept coming to me like, Oh my gosh, I'm feeling so overwhelmed. I feel like I'm always got way too much to do. And we were trying everything. We tried project management tool. We tried blocking time in her calendar, like tried the time blocking because sometimes that helps people. And then I tried clearing, like getting as much white space on her calendar as possible. That helped a little, but it was still, she was still coming to me like, I feel so overwhelmed. So like, I just said, can you just show me your calendar? I need to see what you see. Cause I was logging into her calendar, but she might be seeing it differently. So I want to know what you're looking at. So you show me when you look at your calendar, what does it look like? So we're on a Zoom call. She screen shares her calendar and it's this like bright burnt orange color. And I just went, okay, I know orange is not your favorite color. Can we change the color? And we just changed it to a nice light blue. From that day on, she has never had a problem with overwhelm when looking at her calendar. It was just the color of her calendar that was the problem. Yeah, because red is like angry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, oh, look for you. small things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. What a fun story. And how intuitive of you just to like think through it. And you know, you tried all the things. <laughs> yeah. Like you would try everything. It's like, okay, there's still something. What is it? What, is, what, yeah. I, what have I not done yet? Well, and good for you for listening and like not taking it personal and not like melting down because you're like, oh God, you know. Okay, so what do you wish you would have done different in your business, your own business journey as a VA? 
Yeah, that's a hard question because it's like, well, if I had have done anything differently, then maybe I wouldn't be where I am right now. Yeah. But I think looking back, so back in 2020, I think this is probably the thing that I would change the, the most. There's a few things. But <laughs> back, <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> to be continued. But back in 2020, I think the biggest thing was in 2020, I happened to be, well, I guess it was 2019. I happened to be at a conference and this person who has built and sold many, many multi-million dollar businesses was kind of doling out advice. And I ended up in this circle and everybody was going through and asking a question. And so he had everybody explain their business a little bit and then ask their question. So I started explaining my business. And at the time, my business model that I was working on building was to train VAs on how to be great VAs. And then start like a little, cause I was always getting people asking me for referrals. So I was going to start doing a little matchmaking service. And that's what I really wanted to do because like my passion is to teach VAs. But as I told him that model, he said, that's ridiculous. You shouldn't be doing that. You should build an agency, do X, Y, and Z. And he laid out this whole business model. It got in my head and I thought, well, he knows what he's talking about because he's built and sold so many businesses. So he knows what he's talking about. And I let it get in my head and I went down the path of trying to build an agency model in 2020. And it was the hardest year I've ever had because there were so many, like so many problems with doing it in 2020, especially. <laughs> and it was exhausting. I was like, at the end of 2020, I kind of went, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm just kind of stepping back. I didn't bother hiring anybody to support me in any way. Cause I was just like, I'm done. I'm done dealing with people. <laughs> I'm done <laughs> dealing with like hires. And I wish that I had not taken his advice. Cause the one thing I always tell my clients is never like one opinion, one source of data, like one data point is not a trend. It's not a plan. It's just, it's just something to consider. And like, you have to think about it and build on it. Uh -huh. And I didn't do that. So like, I didn't take my own advice and I just let him, his half, <laughs> like he didn't even know anything about my business. And I just let him like, just let it derail me completely. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're not alone in that. That happens to our clients all the time. And I always have people telling me what I should do. They're always like, you should be a headhunter. I'm like, I don't want to. No, yeah. I, I share jobs for free, but I'm like, I have no desire to match, make people and be responsible and do that. It's not, there's money on the table, but I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> I get so many, like every single mastermind I'm in with people who don't really get my business, they're like, you should do this. And I'm like, but I also did the agency model and it sucked. It wasn't for me. My husband deployed for a year. I was like, couldn't manage all those people and my household. But yeah, I, but there's such clarity. Like you said, it got you where you are now and it helps you realize yeah. that, you know, what you really want to do and what you're good at. And that yeah. was a weird year. <laughs> yeah. It <laughs> that was, was a very weird, weird year. year. Yeah. It was. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you have a freebie for our audience about finding clients, which I get asked this all the time. I'm sure you do. Tell us what goodie you have for our listeners. Yeah. So it is the Epic VA's Guide to Finding and Signing Dream Clients. So it goes through, you know, a lot of 
where to find clients, how to find clients. And then it also talks a lot about the discovery call process and gives you a lot of good tips on, you know, what to do and what not to do during a discovery call, including camera placement and things like that. So I've gotten a lot of great feedback from people saying like, oh my gosh, like nobody's ever talked about this before. I'm so glad that you said it. So it's been, it's been really nice hearing that. I think you'll get a lot out of it. So that's like a whole little mini course on the site waiting for you to access it. And it's completely free. Completely free. Completely free, which I think is amazing. Thank you. Thank you for giving us this. Because like I said, this, this is what holds people back. And if they could just see the amount of work there is, not be afraid to put their name in the hat, use this guide and go for it. You'll be in this situation where you have this business that lets you travel and go and pay for Iceland, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get to have control over every step of it. So, yeah, you know, whatever, like not everybody wants to build a multi-million dollar business and that's totally fine. You don't have to like build this huge epic thing. You can just get a really good salary. <laughs> So. What is your, this leads into my my last question for you. What's been the biggest perk of working from home, owning your own business? I know when I started, I never dreamed of being a business owner. That really wasn't on my radar. I didn't have entrepreneurial people in my world like you, but I just want people to see that the possibilities with this. Honestly, the biggest perk for me has just been, I mean, like beyond no longer having to worry about bills being paid like that's a huge perk and being able to actually travel and go places because that was like i didn't even have a honeymoon because i didn't have the money to do one so the first time my husband and i traveled together was 2019. so we went everywhere in 2019 we went to we went to las vegas we went to new york we went to italy and then at the beginning of 2020 we went to the bahamas just before lockdown so okay yeah so we went everywhere Love it. And so yeah, I think I think that that's really been the biggest perk. Like there's so many. Like I can get up in the morning and decide I'm not going to start work until 10 today, or I can just sit on the couch, or I can work from my backyard, or I can go to the beach. I can do whatever I want. As long as the work gets done, yeah. it doesn't matter. So and where is your next trip? The next big one we're looking to take is Switzerland. Originally, we were going to do like a whole year in Europe, but then now we have the puppies, so we're not going to do that. But <laughs> what a jamper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Well, you and I can talk offline about that. I don't know if you know, I used to, we used to be stationed in Europe, so I've been all, all around. I wish I had this work back in 2004 when we were there, but it definitely changes your life in that regard. And I love yeah. it. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I just find it so encouraging to hear how you started, where you're going, and just I always hear good things. Your name is always behind these other businesses. And I think it speaks to people like you and me who are the entrepreneur behind the scenes making it happen and mm -hmm. don't all have to have that like multi-million dollar, like limelight, you know, just want to be famous type of business that like we can have our cake and eat it too and get to travel. And I love it. Yeah. I love it. Where's the best place yeah. to connect with you? Best place to connect with me. I have a few, but probably just go to the vastudio.com. And I am also on Instagram under VA Studio. And that's probably it. And everything's about to change, right? You want to Everything's about to change. So yeah, the virtual assistant studio, the VA Studio is actually that is my kind of passion project where I've mentored some VAs. I don't like I've done a few little things here and there. It's going to have a lot of focus put on it this year. So there's going to be a lot of 
updates and changes and things for that. But the rebrand is with my main business. So my main business is any old task. And that name came when, you know, I was like trying to think of a name for the business and somebody's like, well, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, any old thing, like anything, any old task. <laughs> so that's where the name came from. And I'm rebranding to be the sidekick COO. Okay. Oh, I love it. Thank you for that. Thank you, Sandra. We'll see you over there on Instagram. And thank you for the freebie. All right. Thank you so much. It was so nice talking to you. Hey, thanks for joining us on today's show. Is that not amazing? It's just so simple. We, we, instead of I. I mean, we've heard that. We've heard that when Catherine Nichol was talking about that with storytelling. We know that from copywriting, right? Saying, what else do you need done? I'll figure it out right? Show that you're going above and beyond. And you do have to take a moment to shine the spotlight on yourself and highlight what you're doing. I think one of the biggest complaints I've heard from clients is, A, they don't know when the VA is working on their stuff. Then they see Instagram stories where they're at Disney World. They're like, I just want to know when I can get my stuff done or when you're available. But the other thing is you've got to highlight what you did. You got to say, okay, end of the month, I did this many pins. I did this many SEO blogs. We got this funnel built. Remind them because they're anything like the clients I've worked with or even me and my own team. We are juggling so much. So you taking the time to report, track, remind. We need a name for this. Like a stealthy little credibility booster where you're like reminding them the results you're getting. Put that on your invoice. Put it on a monthly wrap-up email. Put it on a monthly wrap-up report. Wow your clients. Treat their business like you would want and think one step ahead of them. All right, make sure you're on the wait list for a Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School. You'll find all the good links, ways to connect with Sandra in the show notes below, and I'll see you next week. If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. Oh, did, do you have something? No. Did you just die? What happened? Am you I on? Oh. Second. Oh um, my God. It's like cliffhanger.